0: You are locked on at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Doggins on YouTube. And joining me again, he's at All Things Mavs on Twitter. You know him. What you got for me, Jimmy?
1: Nick, it's good to be back. I love the, uh, the whole Locked On network. Love, obviously, Locked On Mavs daily listener. And getting to jump on it is uh, always a pleasure. And getting to talk some Mavs basketball.
0: What an what an exciting day to talk Mavs basketball. It just it was finally back. I think you and I had a Twitter conversation earlier where you were trying to talk yourself into to Courtney Lee. And you're trying to talk he's like, "What if what if he, you know, comes back and shoots 40% from 3 like he did a couple years ago?" And I was just like, "Just go to bed. Just just go to bed." And you responded with the perfect response. "I just need Mavs basketball." And we got just a little bit of that. Like just a, just a taste, enough of a taste of Mavs basketball. And it kind of just wet everyone's whistle, whatever that phrase means. And it was it was fun. It was so fun today that that open practice.
1: Oh, it was so much fun. And and the Courtney Lee thing. I was laying in bed and I was <laughs> I, I was just kind of scrolling through our roster and I was like, yeah. man. And it was Courtney Lee's birthday. I remember because that's why I tweeted mm, it out because yeah, yeah. I kept seeing his face pop up and I was like, wait a second, what if? Like, nah. No, nope, nope. I'm tired. I'm delirious. <laughs> I don't have mass basketball, but yeah, we got the open practice today finally. Um, and it was like you said, just a little taste before preseason comes up on what Tuesday?
0: Yeah, Tuesday. So, so the, the game is technically tomorrow, right? Because right. everyone's listening to this on Monday. So the game right. is tomorrow, guys. It's it's real. We have a, we have a back to back coming up on Tuesday, Wednesday. So we're going to talk all about that. We'll talk about the open practice. We were able to watch it. We were able to, to see. Everything that happened in it, there's so much to dissect and talk about. So we're going to do that. But before we do, we do five-star iTunes reviews. We get uh, five-star questions from people, and they send them in on Apple Podcasts. You can go and submit your own. This is from Jacob Witt. He says, my question is if the Mavericks continue to steadily bring in talent slash improve and develop their own players to the point that... Jimmy, do
1: you know where this is going? I I think I do, but but keep going with me.
0: To the point that Giannis feels good about <laughs> oh, signing <no>. here. <laughs> to the <laughs> point that Giannis not. feels good about signing here when he hits free agency and the Mavericks underachieve and the player, okay, do you do you, do you feel like it? Know, you know where it's going at this point?
1: Okay, kind of, but I didn't think it was gonna hit the Giannis thing yeah, either, it's so. Ta- uh, it's gonna
0: take another turn, get ready. So if the Mavericks continue to bring in talent and improve and develop their own players to the point that Giannis feels good about signing here when he hits free agency And then the Mavericks underachieve and player personalities clash with Rick Carlisle. Do you think that Mark Cuban would fire him? That is a question that took two different turns I did not expect. Uh, But what do you think about this idea of, you know, like the Mavericks going after Giannis and just everything that they can possibly throw and just like bend the knee to Giannis and whatever he wants?
1: I mean, I think it's definitely they're not going to not go for it. You know, every every team is going to give a call to Giannis. And I think the Mavs will, again, be one of those six teams that first comes out. And again, this is 2021. So we still got a little bit. But like it'll come out that the Mavs are chasing him and there's the European attraction and and the whole family vibe that they love and all that good stuff. But they got to chase him and I'm all for it. I just don't see it happening. I'll say it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to see, but so much can happen. I mean, we have this whole season and next whole season too. Right? So, there's just so much that can happen. I mean, who would have thought that uh, that Kawhi Leonard would be a Clipper two years ago? Right? I think Chris Paul's still there. Uh, maybe he just had become a Rocket like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are there. Who would have thought that Kawhi Leonard would be a Clipper?
1: No, yeah, this this season, this off season, off-season definitely made me uh, secure in saying that literally anything can happen, so I'm, I'm not gonna rule it out by any means.
0: Yeah, so Jacob, we appreciate the question, and everybody submit your five-star iTunes reviews. This show today is brought to you by Indochino. It's the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now. Man, I hit a point in my life in my early, mid-twenties that I needed to do a wardrobe upgrade. I still have not done that. So I'm probably gonna do <laughs> probably gonna do Indochino. Uh, you get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code locked on. So Indochino.com promo code locked on. Okay, let's get to this MAPS practice because it was super fun. It was awesome. At the very beginning, I don't know if you caught the very beginning of it when they first started streaming. So they did a couple of like media day they, like interviews to you know buy some time and then rick carlisle comes out on the floor (laughs) and tries to hype up the crowd (laughs) and (laughs) open practice is it used to be fan jam but now it is just called open practice where the mavericks literally just scrimmage each other they go out on the court there's not really a ton of fanfare around it there's not really a ton of extracurricular things there's just like the mavs and they play against each other it's a five on five you know full court type deal fans come in it was free for people to to watch uh, and so, they're in the gym. They're only supposed to open a, a certain section of the lower bowl. And so, they open that section, and it gets completely full. So, they open the rest of the lower bowl, and that almost gets completely full. It was pretty awesome turnout. Turnout. But Rick Carlisle gets in front of everyone. The entire lower bowl is full. And he was excited, and he tries to get the wave started. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, can we get a wave started? And he just points out in a direction and he just tries to get the wave started going around the, the lower bowl. Are you a fan of the wave or not, Jimmy? I can't,
1: I, I can't do it. I used to love you it. Cannot, I used to, you can't physically do it? or I mean, physically I can <laughs> do it. And I, I, I will partake in it if there's a large crowd going. But, I the, peer hate when I, but the peer pressure. You'll fall for the peer pressure. It's just when that first row or that first section goes for it, my heart just sinks. Because I'm like, all right, I got to do it. I got to stand up. Or if I'm already standing up, I got to throw my arms up, whatever it is. So I'll do it. But I won't do it happily. <laughs>
0: There's something innate in me as a sports fan where I'm sitting in my seat that I just don't want to stand up. Maybe it's because right. my knees are hitting the, the seat in front of me. It's kind of like if someone asked me to stand up in an airplane. Like I'm just like at this point, I've, I'm locked in, I'm sitting in my seat. The first time I ever went to an NBA game was a Lakers Rockets game. I think I was 12, and my, I, we, we got in our seats and we were probably an hour early. We were watching people like warm up. and we were way high, and my dad was like, do you want to go walk around and check things out? And I just said, no, I want to sit here because I do not want to miss anything just from from sitting here. And I kind of still abide by that same thing. So standing up at all at a sporting event is just not for me. I don't know. Maybe it's just laziness. But So Carlisle tries to get the wave started. It was funny. He introduces everybody uh, on the team. Um, He introduces the coaches. They split up. The split of the rosters was interesting to me. Who knows how they decide to do this? Maybe they just want to run certain players together. But this was the rosters split up, and so I'll, I'll tell you the rosters and tell me what you, what your thoughts are. This is the blue team, obviously the starter team: Luca, Porzingis, DeLon Wright, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney Smith, Josh Reeves, Courtney Lee, your guy, uh, Dakota <laughs> Mathias, and Eric Holman. Okay, that's the that's the blue squad. The white squad: Seth Curry, Boban, Tim Hardaway Jr., Brunson, Berea, Brokoff, uh, Justin Jackson, Antonius Cleveland, Baba. Who was the the breakout star at the the after game activities, and Isaiah Roby? So you kind of get like your starters versus bench. What did you think about this?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it literally, I mean, it almost was. You get by far the, the four most, I don't want to say talented guys, but the four guys that you know are um, probably locked into a spot, even though Powell didn't play because of the little hamstring tweak that we found out about later. Um, but with Doncic Porzingis, um, and then DeLon Wright. And then they throw Dorian Finney-Smith in there, which I'm sure we'll talk about here soon. But um, And then everybody else. It's like it's literally just kind of camp invites after that, besides Kleba, I guess. Um, and then the second unit, yeah. I mean, that blue team or white team, whichever one it was, without Doncic and Porzingis, was like the most talented bench guys with Brunson, Curry, who I thought looked like the best player on that team. Um, Hardaway, Justin Jackson, Boban. I mean, those guys are going to be probably, and then even Berea, those are like r- regular rotation players, so yeah, it was interesting, I thought it would be a little bit more evenly split talent-wise, but I, I guess it was solid, I mean, it worked I think out they, pretty well. I
0: think they do this, though, I think they want to try and run their starters together just a little bit, because, okay, we're going to take a break in a second, but I want to get to this when when we come back. What the scrimmage actually means, because I had some people <laughs> in my mentions today talking about the scrimmage, and I want to kind of... Temper everyone's expectations because I think this the scrimmage means something, but I don't think it just means everything that we want it to. So coming up, we'll talk about the scrimmage, uh, why Dwight Powell was out that you alluded to, and then we'll talk about Porzingis, because man, that was fun. All right, Jimmy, so the scrimmage. Uh, I had some people asking me, you know, I'm gonna watch this film over and over again. Where can I watch it? Uh, I had somebody ask me if he could if he could see the stats. Is there anywhere I can find the stats from the scrimmage? The answer is no. No, you cannot find the stats to the scrimmage anywhere. False. Some reporters are keeping it. You have the stats?
1: Bobby Corolla, the legend. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I I was going to (laughs) watch the rerun and actually try to do it myself because I just had time to kill tonight. (laughs) And right as I sit down and turn it back on, Corolla tweets it out. Bobby tweets it out. And there's a box score that I am actually looking at as we speak right now. That's fascinating.
0: <laughs> okay, but my point still stands. No, you should not pour over the stat sheet. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we're all excited, but this game does not mean anything. They're going like half speed. Uh, the only guys who are really trying were the camp invites. and uh, Let's not take this too seriously, but I think they did kind of want to run the starters together a little bit just to get an idea. Uh, in the very first play of the game, we got to see a Luca and Porzingis pick and pop. I posted it on my Twitter, at Nick Uh It's one of the you know, like trending things going in my world right now. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> just to see that was the first thing that they tried and just to see how fluid it was and to see Porzingis's shot, you know, in a Mavericks jersey with Luca passing it to him was, I mean, it was euphoric.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was. I genuinely believe, like that entire first, uh, first few minutes was very Porzingis and Luca centered which I think we all wanted to see anyway. Um, and they looked like the dominant duo that they should with the rest of this team. Because, I mean, you guys have talked about it, and I know everybody else in Mavs world is talking about like who the third best player is. And I, I mean, it was very, very clear from the beginning that Luca and Porzingis were the dominant force they should be. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's no reason to do a deep dive into any of this um, other than the fact that Porzingis' shot looked smooth right off the bat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are things like that that you can pull. Like Porzingis' movement looked fluid, right? Like he's not—he was hitting step back threes. I mean, he hit—he hit a step back three over Boban. Come on, yeah, come on! It, <laughs> he's hey, back and he's healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you—I got the Bleacher Report notification that he hit it, and I was like, oh, that's—that's that's Nick's video. He tweeted that one out. <laughs> so um, no, I saw that and I was like. That's just incredible, and I know I saw something about Luca teaching him the step back right when he got to town or something, and obviously it was uh, on full display on that moment. And I can't wait to see it in a real game.
0: Yeah, he's putting it into, into practice. Um, but yeah, the, but let's talk. Let's get into Borzingis. So he walks out and he comes out of the tunnel, and everyone's just excited to see him. He walks out and he puts his arms up in the air and just like you know, kind of waves to the crowd. And he looks around and he just had this smile on his face. And I don't know if you saw, but it was just the most genuine smile I think I've seen from him. I think he just genuinely loves fans, uh, which could be you know kind of an ego thing, but it also I just think he just appreciated being appreciated because in New York it gets tough, <laughs> and I don't know how much of a fan experience he's had, but to actually be with the fans, he signed here for five years, and now to see the, the reception, it was just really cool to see that genuine smile on his face. I think he's just really excited to finally be back and finally be playing.
1: Yeah, and, and really be appreciated, too, because it's not like um, there, there were any real expectations right after, like right when he got here. I mean, this this team has just been losing for a while now, and so he comes into a situation where you know you're going to be at least better, um, so he just can, can step into that role and just succeed right away and be able to embrace, fully embrace, like, Dallas and the fans and um, step into a, a new era of Mavs basketball, and yeah, I mean... There was one point where he was throwing in a ball or something, and before he like got the ball from the the ref, who by the way, shout out to the refs that had to sit there for an open practice. <laughs> but um, he like turned around to the fans and like put his arms back up again. So man, he just, I mean, he's just so happy to be back on a court um, and with fans that love him the way we already do.
0: Yeah, it was cool to see that, and uh, he stayed. I mean, he was the, he was the last one out there. You know, twenty thirty minutes. There's all the different reports that. Um, he was out there just signing things and and saying hi to fans. And Luca's fan interaction is not like the most like uh, he doesn't interact with fans as much, right? <laughs> but it right, seems like Porzingis right. is kind of going to pick up that mantle from Dirk of the guy that um, works with the fans and and stays late and signs things and is just super cordial. And I think he's maybe going to fill that role.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, talk about being able to help fill that void of Dirk, it's probably going to take more than just one of them to do it. And Porzingis is obviously doing the fan stuff really, really well. Cause you, you remember hearing every time after Dirk's celebrity softball game, uh, it was always, he was there until the, the, he kept the lights on later just so he can stay and go around the entire stadium and sign autographs. And the fact that Porzingis is doing that in an open scrimmage was so cool. And he even mentioned, I remember at media day, I think you and Isaac actually talked about it as well, where he was like, yeah, I'm not usually excited for these media days to come yeah. here and take photos, but like this year I was. And he was beaming that entire time, interview with Mark and Coop. Um, it's just, I mean, it's awesome, and it makes you really excited as a Mavs fan, because he's in a good place mentally and obviously physically as well.
0: Yeah, and you're just glad that he sees that. I'm glad that he sees that this this is a good situation, because sometimes you get these star players, and they want a certain type of situation. And from the outside, we're saying, this is a perfect thing. Why could you not, like, the Carmelo Anthony to the Bulls. We were like, that's a perfect situation for you. Why would you not just go there? And instead, he goes to the Knicks, ironically. uh, (laughs) And we're just saying, that is just the complete, you don't have to be the guy scoring 30 points a night. And now I think he looks back on his career and he says, man, I wish I would have done something different with my career instead of just, you know, being this guy that had to score 30 every night. And Chauncey Billups brought that up too. Um and Porzingis, I think now uh, he appreciates the position that he's in, getting to play with Luca, uh, another superstar player that's at his level, maybe even higher than his level at this point in his career. And I'm glad that he just appreciates that in the moment. It just seems like he's he's kind of putting that all together to you know to have a great season. I'm, I'm just I'm very excited. There's so many things to be excited about for Porzingis. You want to talk about the step back a little bit because there's a couple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. But also one other thing that I want to bring up before we get to the step backs. There was one play. I can't remember who was coming up with the ball. Um, obviously, it was it was one of the guard. It might have been Delon, And he was Porzingis was standing right by the rim. He was kind of on a mini fast break. I think he stole it at half court or something. And he was about to lob it up. And I think it was Josh Reeves like. Or, uh, no, because Josh was on the same team. It was somebody knocked the ball. Anthony's Cleveland knocked the ball away from him or something when he was trying to lob it up to KP. And I was just dying to see <laughs> Alioupe finish. I yeah. just that was that would have just put the cherry on top of everything. But yeah, let's get into the step back.
0: It would have just been. It would have been too great. There's, we got to see every aspect of Porzingis' game. Really, we got to see the, you know the pick and pop. We got to see a step back three. We got to see you know in the in the paint working and. You know, uh, hitting jumpers in the paint. We got to see him swat Isaiah Roby's layup. That <laughs> some people were saying that Isaiah Roby just served it up on a platter. That that Porzingis was going down the floor and saying, "Hey Rook, just you know, serve me up one so I can just swat this." Because <laughs> it was just a very ill. I mean, Isaiah Roby measured at what six seven, six eight. Yep. Porzingis measured at a solid seven three. <laughs> I just don't think going in and trying a left handed layup on Porzingis is going to yield lots of results.
1: But- yeah, that was a. Uh- that was bold by the rookie.
0: We got to see all these different aspects of his game. We just didn't get to see it in Aliu, which would have just brought the house down. His step back, though, do we think this is a realistic move that he can do in a game? A seven foot three guy shooting a step back three, or should he just focus on, you know, straight up and down three? Should he just focus on that and uh, you know, higher better higher efficiency shots?
1: I mean, he should absolutely focus on that. Um, but I'll say the step back three from Porzingis is way more realistic than James Harden's one-legged running fader, jumper, whatever <laughs> the heck he's going to do. That'll never work in a, a real game. But, I mean, when you're Porzingis and you got a guy like Boban on you who's not a super mobile big by any means, I think the step back's super realistic. I think it'll happen more than a few times this year, um, and I think he should. I mean, it, it looks clean if he gets his feet under him that way. Uh, I say go for it. Now if if he's playing another big that's a little bit more mobile, um say a, I I don't know, a Marvin Bagley who's too small to be guarding him anyway, but Okay. The, step
0: back's the not report be about as... him being 6'8" though is not true. I just Oh <laughs> I don't, no, definitely I don't not bring that Definitely out. not true. Cuz that not was just really true. funny. I saw him post that today. Uh but yeah, he he's a little smaller, but he's about he's like probably 6'10".
1: Yeah. But like yeah, a more mobile big like that that's guarding yeah, yeah. in the step backs not going to be as effective, but a guy like Boban and there's not a lot of guys like Boban in the league, but you get someone like that on you, I say go for it.
0: There's literally none. There's none guys like Boban. <laughs> really. I think for the rest of the season, I'm just, if, anytime I type Boban's name, it's going to be in all caps. I'm for it. I think he deserves that, that. And I think everyone else should do it too. We should just all type Boban in all caps.
1: Okay, I'm in. Mavs Twitter?
0: Yeah, I don't know if you remember the the Larry Sanders thing that uh, Zach Lowe used to do and he would write about Larry Sanders, who's the big man for the Bucks. Right. He would always write his name in all caps in every article he ever wrote.
1: I never knew. I I never knew that. I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, it was a tra- I always remember Larry Sanders though. It was a trend for a while because Larry Sanders became, he was like Mitchell Robinson last year, where he just became the best shot blocker, you know, paint defender in in the NBA at you know young age, like just coming into the league, and then all of a sudden Larry Sanders fell off and, you know, he tried to come back and yeah, but, but yeah, so I always think about that when I put people's names in all caps. So we should <laughs> do with Bobon. Everybody, anytime you tweet Bobon, it's in all caps. Just Bobon in all caps. But, yeah, there's nobody like him. He's seven he, four. He measured in. Yeah, that's another thing we got to see is some new heights of players uh, oh, on, the, yeah. on the roster. So, coming up, we'll get into these new heights of players. Uh, there's some interesting ones, so we'll talk about that coming up next. All right, Jimmy. The new heights for players in, measured in socks. So, nobody can... can uh, pad their shoes or anything and put you know napkins did you ever do that try to put napkins in your shoes or try to try and make yourself look
1: taller no i always read about like salt or sand in people's shoes though like that was a thing Or hanging um, upside down yes yeah that was a thing too like in like mike 2 which was a terrible movie but he did it all the time <laughs> um i remember i remember that and i was like i should try that and then i like could never get upside down because i was too scared i'd fall so i never did it
0: yeah i was always tall so i never had to do it so <laughs> um bobon measured at seven four He's listed at seven four now. Are we like that? Is just insane.
1: It it's nuts. I, I mean, the I think his hands are still the, the most shocking thing about him to me. Uh, anytime I see him holding a basketball, but I mean, seven four is just bigger than I can even imagine. Like Salah looked huge on the floor, and yeah, Boban when he was posting up Maxi today, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Maxi's like six eleven or how, however tall he is, and like he just looked like a shrimp it's pretty
0: funny to see because maxi is like a solid big man he's he's built he's you know the right size to be a big man he can defend pretty much anybody and then just bobon stands next to him and it just <laughs> it just looks completely <laughs> overmatched looks like a you know like a high schooler going back to middle school to play um luca measured in at six seven he was six eight for the longest time but now he's at six seven are, are we concerned
1: uh no not not even a little bit' Alright, moving on Same old,
0: same old. JJ Barea, sadly, five ten. We heard this a little while ago, but to see him listed as five ten was just sad because it was the greatest. It was the greatest heist, I guess, of knowledge in the NBA.
1: It's pretty incredible that he's kept it up this long. (laughs) For being honest, I mean, I I am impressed just by that. But uh, yeah, I've stood by JJ a couple times, and and I'm like, dude, there's no way you are six (laughs) feet tall. Um, No offense to JJ, we we love him and all of his short glory.
0: It honestly makes what he does more incredible, though, the fact that he is just that small and that he can do the things that he's been doing for all these years. By the way, still a fan favorite. He got the biggest ovation, I think, just from hearing it on the, the PA mic with the, with the PA audio, with the soundtracks, with the, the, the music playing, but uh, I think he got the biggest ovation.
1: Yeah, and he should absolutely be celebrated all throughout this year. Uh, No matter if he, obviously he should, I I think, take a backseat to Brunson uh, in the second unit. Or, you know, I mean, we've seen that Rick likes to play them together, if that's a thing still. But whenever he's on the floor, like, he should be celebrated like it's his last year, not that it necessarily will be. Um, But he's done so much good for this Mavericks team and organization that he deserves all the love he's going to get.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, It's kind of a just-in-case year for him. Uh, yeah. It was cool to see him at the at the end of the game. <laughs> it's cool to see him uh, organizing the rookie dance off. They had all the rookies just dance to whatever music was being played, um, and JJ was the one. It seems like he's just he's the vet, like he's the leader. He is the guy that's um, you know going to help put this team in the in the right direction. I think he's going to you know do that literally on the floor. We've talked about his role a lot on this podcast. You know he's going to come in and be the guy that just writes uh, the ship when things are going wrong during games. But I think he's also going to do that in the locker room. But to see him uh, hazing the rookies and making them <laughs> dance by themselves, by the way. It's a, it's different when you have to dance in a group than when you have to dance literally just by yourself. Uh, not a lot of them showed up, really. But Baba did. Baba showed up more than anybody.
1: Baba showed up. Uh, Dakota Mathias looked like most of my friends trying to dance. <laughs> um, so that was... That was uh,
0: and, me that and was Ryan. really hard
1: to watch. <laughs> yes, of course. He
0: just had the one move. What's the move where you throw something up and you like pretend to catch it and you?
1: <laughs> the whoa, Nick.
0: That's what it's called.
1: Yeah, the whoa. He he hit it. That's all he. That's all. What, he, you, that's well, all is he what the kids say.
0: That's all he could do was whoa. That's all he could. Do. Yeah. <laughs> he was hanging in the DF Dubs with his woes. Um oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luca. Was playing point guard, which, you know, is not, you know, abnormal. But Luca was dishing at the beginning of the game. He was just coming out. I mean, every single pass seemed like it was going to somebody that was finishing. And I'm just so excited to see point Luca from the beginning of the season to the end, because we didn't get to see that at the beginning of last year. That was a big conversation. It's like, is Dennis Smith Jr. going to be handling the ball? And he did a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I think one thing that I'm Really, really excited to see is for him to be able to pass to people that can make open shots. Um, because we just didn't have a lot of that in the second half of last year when he was handling the ball more. Uh, And I've said it before, I think um, on my account a couple times is I I think Porzingis will average more points per game on this team because Luke is going to be so excited to be able to pass to him and set him up for good shots. Um, and it's just going to be so awesome to watch. And yeah, I mean, he just looked like. The point guard that he should be all year long. He's just so smart with the ball and just so savvy, and it's it's so satisfying to watch him make the passes that he does.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see him be able to just take advantage of all these these players and uh, their skill sets, and then to be able to just to figure out and get get more comfortable with the, with some of the new guys, Delon Wright, Seth Curry. Seth Curry is new to him; he's not new to us. But uh, to just get used to those guys and figure out how to play with them. Uh, but the the chemistry with Luca and Porzingis was just, I mean, it was palpable right off the bat. Uh, Luca playing point, Porzingis playing off of him. It's going to work, right? Like, it's just going to work as, as well as we think it is. Uh, and we only got to see a little bit of it in this practice, but we're, I'm just so excited to see it even more. But from, from what we saw during this scrimmage, it's going to work, right?
1: Oh, it's going to work. Even before I watched the scrimmage where I saw them interact in media day, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be... <laughs> It's going to be great. Um, I am interested to see when things – because, I mean, there's going to be inevitable moments in the season when things go a little bit south or, you know, games – you lose three games in a row, um, how they interact with each other then, um, you know, when things in the offense don't work the way they're supposed to in a game or something or it's a turnover. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, if Porzingis being the older guy kind of steps in and is like, hey, this is like what went wrong or Luca being the playmaker that he is is the one that's like – Talking to, to Porzingis, I think it's going to work really well. I'm just interested to see that dynamic on the floor for sure.
0: Yeah, it's when they hit those rough patches. And it's kind of how they have J.J. Barea to, I guess, be the rudder of the ship. Like, I guess if I had to use a ship analogy, what would J.J. Barea be? But he's just going to be that – that that he's going to steer everything back to where it's supposed to go. So at least they have that. At least they have one good vet on the team that's going to be able to do that. Um, but, yeah, between the two of them, when, when push comes to shove, it's going to be interesting to see how that chemistry holds up because – uh, when things got a little dicey between Dennis and Luca, we saw how it kind of turned out, um, and not dicey in the sense that they weren't friends anymore; they didn't like each other, but just on the court sense when they started losing games and uh, they were struggling to try and figure each other out on the court. It kind of just went downhill from that point, and then Dennis ended up getting traded. Okay, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's end with this. So Dwight Powell, uh, according to Brad Townsend. Has a strained right hamstring and he will not make the trip to Tulsa and Detroit. So these next two, this next two back to back games. Um that is why he did not play. He was the only one really that we didn't see in this scrimmage. So this team is going to the season relatively healthy, which is awesome to see with Dwight Powell, you know, a strained right hamstring. Uh, do we think we're gonna see Maxie starting for him or do you think this is a Bobon spot?
1: No, I think I think it'll be Maxie just because I I just can't I I think I'd love to see Boban uh, in there. I just don't think we will. I think Maxie will start. um, And then, you know, but yeah, it is good because we thought DeLon Wright was going to be out a little bit in the preseason. He played in this game and was totally fine. So I expect the same out of Dwight Powell, maybe misses these first two preseason games and then gets ready to go for the season. And we finally have a, a healthy squad to start everything off.
0: Yeah, there's really nobody else. I mean, Delon Wright was dealing with some, you know, limitations. JJ Barea is coming back from an Achilles, and he is—he's back. He was playing today. Um, but he yeah. looks pretty good.
1: He did. I think he, he did look good. good in the back. very beginning. He's back. Yeah, I, that's—I mean—that's pretty wild, uh, and it's just really admirable that he's playing the way that he played before he tore his Achilles already.
0: So, we're going to get to see Maxi and Porzingis. So, this is a lineup that a lot of people really wanted to see. What do you expect from those two that's going to be different than what Dwight Powell will bring to that starting five?
1: Uh, I mean, defense has got to be the number one thing. I, with the rim protection that Maxi brings, and obviously Porzingis, who wants to be Defensive Player of the Year, um, it's just going to be impossible to score on them down low. And obviously, Kaliba is a better stretch five than Powell, even though as great as Powell is the second half of the year or whatever those (laughs) few months are, um, it's just a, a, that's what it is. And, and, you know, he isn't as good of a rim roller, but obviously he's really athletic after the windmill dunk we saw today. So, I mean, that was incredible, but I'm, I'm excited to see it because I do think there will be a lot of nights when we're closing out games and Maxie's the closing five Mm. instead of Dwight Powell. Um, if not just Porzingis and you roll out whoever you need at the four, depending on who we're playing, but Um, just because maxi's shot is definitely more reliable and he's definitely a better defender right now Um, i'm going to be interested to see the physicality between maxi and dwight powell who comes out more physical Out of the gate like down low against those bigger guys Because I think we've always kind of questioned dwight powell's physicality and I think that could be The thing that he takes that next step in down low
0: Interesting. And my question is, I wonder if, if with Maxie starting and, you know, better rim protector that allows the Mavericks to start Seth Curry as that other starter instead of one of the wings like Dorian or Justin Jackson, or even Tim Hardaway Jr. Because they're able to get away with a little bit more on the perimeter, you know, and, and letting guys go into the, the paint a little bit more, uh, letting some more penetration go in because you have two shot blockers in. in Kleba and Porzingis back there. Uh, instead of just, you know, sending him to Dwight Powell where he you know could foul or he could uh he's just not going to be as effective. So I wonder if that changes the dynamic in that way.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I mean it'll be we'll get a real good test for kind of right out of the gate with a team like Oklahoma City and Tulsa where they have I'm assuming Gallinari starting at the 4 and Adams at the 5 and then it's that'll be interesting to watch Kleba I guess guard gallo and kp on adams yeah. like it, it's just interesting you know stuff like that that um those kind of matchups where things come to play or does does dorian get the start and then it gets really weird i don't know what the, i don't even want to try to predict what that'll look like but it's gonna be really interesting i'm, I'm excited to see uh what max has been working on because he had a pretty busy offseason with playing with germany and all that stuff
0: at this point right now who do you think is the fifth starter if it's dwight powell delon and then luca and kp you
1: know i i I was convinced that it was going to be Justin Jackson, um, and that's kind of who I wanted right off the bat, but now I'm really starting to hop on the same train as Isaac and go with Tim Hardaway Jr. Not not that I necessarily want him to be the fifth starter, but I think this team likes him and could be it, but also, and I, I know I'm going around the horn and naming all three of the potential ones, I guess, <laughs> but Dorian Finney-Smith was the one playing with DeLon and KP and, and Luka, and it would have been Pal out there as well, so... I genuinely have no idea, but if I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess Tim Hardaway Jr.
0: Interesting. So you kind of like at, at this point we just kind of we want Justin Jackson to step up to that point, right? Like can, Justin Jackson, can you just step up to the point where you can be a solid starter? Can you be the the, the 3D guy that we've always wanted? <laughs> it just seems like we're at that point with Justin Jackson where it's just kind of more of what the fans want rather than what it actually is at this point.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if that Quote, unquote, 20 pounds of muscle that he put on this uh, off over the offseason actually pays off. But I, I said it when the trade went down with HB and obviously I was sad to see HB go. He's definitely the better player. I'm not arguing that. But I, I like Justin Jackson's talent. I like what he brings to this team and his length. I think he's an underrated defender. I think he's got a really smooth shot. And I love his floater game, obviously. But there is a lot of inconsistency uh, in his game. And I think it was I think you're on the podcast with Josh Lloyd. Uh, talking about like just saying, what does he do for a team? <laughs> oh my god, Josh Lloyd. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And I was like getting really frustrated because I was like, I like Justin Jackson. Like, stop yeah. saying that. But right. at but the same time,
0: for a fantasy guy though, you look at it, he doesn't do a whole lot. Like he'll, exactly. he'll hit like one or two threes a game, and he'll have these streaky games where he has, you know, he even had this, the Mavericks. He'll have like twenty points in one game and zero the next
1: exactly but he's he's so young and he's got so much room to grow with this team and i i mean a change of scenery for a a, what was he 15th overall pick in his third year draft yeah which is crazy i always think he's been in the league way longer than that uh I, i think it'll bode well for him i think whether he's coming off the bench or not um he's gonna have a good season and i hope he works his way into that starting role
0: for sure there you go that's our thoughts on uh the mavs scrimmage the mavs open practice and uh Hey, you can find Jimmy at All Things Mavs and tell them where else they can find you.
1: Uh, Personal Twitter at Jimmy underscore Crowther. You can go follow me there. Uh, Doing a lot of YouTube stuff with Chat Sports, getting videos up weekly. Um, So definitely go check us out there and staying busy. And the season's coming, guys. It's coming.
0: Tomorrow. Tomorrow, the first preseason game. We're excited to break it down with you guys. We'll be back. Uh, to preview it, and um, yeah, we're excited to see it. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out! Boom!